Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values and Texas Values Action. This is going to be a Texas Values Action show today because we're going to talk about some really exciting stuff related to the election, and it's all about action. I guess that's what that word is there for, right? To talk about your faith in action. Anyway, I'm just having a little fun with the name of our organization because I, I like to lighten it up. It's Saturday, right? Hopefully you're having a good time. You're getting ready to watch the University of Texas beat Stanford later in baseball. <laughs> anyway, got to plug my horns every now and then. Baseball season is in full swing. It's in full swing at my house, that's for sure, with two boys playing baseball. But look, it's it's not about baseball. This is a show about faith, family, and freedom. If you've been on the show, if you listen to the show before, you know we talk about things as they relate to the courts, the legislature, and the media here in Texas. And really the big stories this week were about the elections at the primary. They were about the propositions that were on the uh, Republican primary ballot, a lot of discussion about the outcome of those elections, and a lot of other things our organization is involved in. But, you know, really, I think it's important for it to recap because, you know, if you just listen to kind of the some of the normal or traditional sources, you may not have gotten the accurate information. You may not have gotten the real information about what happened on Tuesday night, because a lot of times, you know, you have elections, you have outcomes, and then after that, people try to send out their own message of exactly what happened and try to, you know, if, if things didn't work out the way they wanted, they'll try to spin it another way. Look, we're going to try to cut through all of that. And and you may not have heard about how some things fared as they relate to faith and family issues and candidates and propositions, uh, because a lot of times the media, they don't want to talk about that because they want people to think that those issues aren't really that important. And so they'll just ignore it or they'll, you know, cover it in, in a skewed way, whatever the case may be. We're going to bring you that information. In helping me with that information today is policy analyst Nicole Hudgens, who is sitting in studio with us today. Nicole, how's it going? It's going well. I'm excited. It's Saturday. It's been a really exciting week, though, this week. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right. I was talking some about some of this off the air, um, you know, just about things that have been going on in my personal life, my kids, their schedule, uh, baseball, science project. But you were on a big stage. We'll talk a little bit about this in a minute with some very important people in Washington, D.C. And so that's just a little teaser. So you got to listen to the show at least for the next five or 10 minutes. Well, and I think the real question is, Jonathan, after this whole week, the real question that I believe the folks at home want to know is, are you going to get your phone fixed? Yeah. You know, uh, that may or may not happen this weekend, you know, and so we'll see. Um, that might be what I do on Saturday night. That's how exciting my life is. Uh, <laughs> For those who don't know, Jonathan needs to use his phone a lot, and uh, the screen is cracked (laughs) pretty badly. But he's been so busy working on faith, family, and freedom, he hasn't had time to fix it. Look, I don't know that I have had a free evening for probably the past three or four weeks, whether it was work, whether it was a family commitment, whether it was a church commitment. And so, I mean, look, if you've ever been at the mercy of of one of these cell phone companies, particular Apple or iPhone, you could spend quite a bit of time uh, in the evening at a store. And so you got to make sure you're prepared for that. And so, but point well taken. The election was Tuesday 
And, you know, look, Texas Values Action endorsed several candidates. And just a couple of stats for you. And, and these were, look, there were, there were elections at the local level, state level, federal level. But just as far as the Texas House and Senate, every candidate that Texas Values Action endorsed that was an incumbent won. Every single one of them. Every candidate in the Texas House that Texas Values Action endorsed that supported the Texas Privacy Act on the bathroom, shower, and locker room protection issue, every single one of the candidates that supported that issue that Texas Values Action endorsed, every single one of them won. Every candidate, or, or, or they're headed to, uh, yeah, that's right, I'm sorry. And then every candidate that we supported at the non-state level, like at Court of Appeals, County Court, some of those local races, every candidate that we endorsed either won outright or is headed to a runoff. All right, so just think about some really interesting stats. And look, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just giving you all the facts and, you know, really some things to be encouraged by. But just to give you a sense of, you know, the impact of our work, our endorsement and the work that we do, you know, look, I, I was really encouraged to see those results because the goal is to get the right people elected. And then, you know, after all the dust settles from the election, you look at the information, you're like, wow, this is pretty pretty nice outcome. So just another stat to give you, there was a ballot proposition on the Republican Party primary ballot, and they put propositions on there to have Republican primary voters vote to see what should be advanced in the next legislative session, to to see what should fit in the Republican Party primary. So the things that Republicans care about, and it's an indication of how strongly they care. So one of those propositions was proposition number six. This was the, the privacy issue saying, that the legislature should support legislation that protects privacy in bathrooms, shower rooms, and locker rooms in government buildings and public schools. That prevailed and was supported by over 90%. It was one of the highest percentages of the 11 propositions. It got the third most votes cast in favor of it, of all the 11 propositions, even higher than the repeal Obamacare proposition. Right. Nicole, that's pretty strong. That's really strong. Out of 11 propositions, you have the privacy issue number three of the most votes that were cast in favor of that proposition. The only two that were higher than that was making voter fraud a felony and putting a cap on property taxes. Like you said, the Prop 6 of supporting privacy legislation was higher than repealing Obamacare. That says a lot for the Republican Party and says a lot for Republicans across Texas. You know, when we talked about the privacy issue at the state legislature, there were polls coming left and right, different organizations coming up with them. I know that we had a poll and and but what you have right here is a poll that was done across the entire state of Texas of Texas Republican voters. So it's this was Poll. It's an efficient, official it's poll. It's not just, you know, somebody on a phone pressed a button. Right. These people went to the ballot box. They didn't have to check anything. No, you have an unbiased, unbiased source right here that's saying that Republican voters not just somewhat support, strongly support, over 90 percent support. I mean, what issue this, these days gets 90 percent? I don't, I don't <laughs> I mean, know. It's incredibly rare to, to see hardly anything that people, you know, will go to the ballot box and put their name on their vote. And look, these are anonymous votes too, right? So it's not as if there was someone pressuring and, oh, if you don't put the right thing, you know, this is about, you know, one of the kind of the safest and purest places you can get an idea of what do voters think. Mm -hmm. They think this issue is a no doubter. 
that it's without question and it's got some of the strongest support. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the show. Let's talk about a little bit more of the details that we saw in here. 85% of the House or Senate open seat races that where Texas Values endorsed a candidate, those were the candidate that Texas Values Action endorsed either won outright or headed to a runoff. And so if you want to, what I mean by an open seat, these were seats where there was someone who decided not to run. And so now you had a whole new group of candidates. One of those seats, Nicole, is the outgoing speaker, Joe Strauss. His seat opened up because he's not running for re-election, even though he's still in this office, at least until January, officially. So his seat is up. And so, you know, if you've heard the show before, you know that Joe Strauss oftentimes takes positions that are against the values that we care about at Texas Values Action and, and obviously 90% of, of Republicans um, on the privacy issue. And so, you know, we have felt like that he is not representing the state well in that position. So now someone's going to run his position and the person that got the most votes in that open seat was the candidate endorsed by Texas Values Action. That's encouraging. Very encouraging. Uh like you said, there were so many races that happened across the state. I, I hope that people were aware. We're talking about statewide elections, local elections, um, national elections. I think we're going to see some runoffs in the congressional races that are going to be really important, especially in this season. You know, you talk about the midterms coming up. That's going to have uh, that's going to be something we really need to be paying attention with what's going to happen on the national front. But exciting to see what's happening across the state of Texas. You know, people had said, "What you know, Texas may turn blue." Uh, I think the polls have shown so otherwise. Let, yeah, let's talk about some of the you know the color um, war. I probably shouldn't say that that way. You know, this tug of war between Texas is going to turn blue, pink. It's all about whether Texas is going to be ruled, if you will. It's all, you know, code for if it's going to become a democratic state. It's not just about the color, right? Whatever reason, red is Republican, blue is Democrat, whatever. Okay. What that. And so there was a lot of wondering, how's the election going to turn out? All right. So um, on the Republican side, you had, I think, 1.5, around 1.5 million votes cast on the Republican primary and about a million or so on the Democrat. So a huge difference. And a lot of that, you know, it seemed like Democrats were a higher percentage earlier voting this time around. And Republicans had a huge Election Day turnout um, to counter that, if you will, but still making it very clear. I mean, look, Ted Cruz got more votes in his primary than all Democrat votes combined because there's been a lot made of this U.S. Senate race. You know, most of our endorsements are at the state and house, state house and state Senate level, but we did endorse on a few federal levels. We endorsed Ted Cruz, Texas Values Action did. And so uh, Ted, you know, there's some discussion about, you know, is Ted, is Ted Cruz going to be in trouble and so on? You know, look, here's what we know. All right. On, in the primary election for Republicans, Ted Cruz got over 85% of the votes, all right? He got 1.3 million or so. And um, um, Mr. O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke got, I think, uh, maybe 647,000, close to 650,000. So even amongst Democrats, he only got half as many votes as Ted Cruz got in his own primary. In the the Democratic primary, O'Rourke only got about 60% of his Democrats, and he lost a ton of counties on the border, which is where a lot of people are trying to think that this race could swing. 
that it could, you know, that could have some impact in the general. But there were two other candidates in that uh, Democrat primary race with O'Rourke, and they each got around 20%. I think one of them might, may not have spent um, any if, 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 if a few handful of dollars for their campaign. So you got to wonder, and there's a lot of articles that were written the next day about, oh, the, you know, the, the Democratic wave that was promised fizzled out once again. You know, look, nothing to be taken for granted if you're a Republican, but it is interesting that of all the doomsday predictions and, and so on, the wave, uh, it didn't happen. Right. And, and I think what's important to note, too, even looking at the propositions and then also looking at the candidates that were elected, you've got, as far as the Republican primary goes, strong, um, just a strong example or not even example, proof that the Republican Party is more conservative. I mean, you look at the way these propositions, the, the percentages that have come out on conservative policies that were given to Republican voters to vote on, and you see the strong support for conservative policies. You see the, the candidates that were elected, a strong majority of them were, were more conservative uh, than, you know, you talk about the race with Lisa Luby Ryan and Jason Viaba. Lisa would be seen as the more conservative candidate. She was the one that was chosen. You look all across the state at many of these races, it was the stronger conservative that was chosen rather than someone who would be considered more of a moderate. Well, it certainly appears that way. And if you look at it from a faith and family perspective, you know, you, it, it's hard to call yourself conservative if you don't support religious liberty. And we're, And this is really in context of what the Republican Party platform says. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're if you call yourself a Republican, if you run as a Republican and you don't support religious liberty, you don't support protection of innocent human life, you don't support protecting privacy in intimate facilities. You can't just pick one and say, oh, I'm good on that issue and then ignore the rest of them. You really have to have this comprehensive approach. And so and some, you know, I I dare to say some are more important than others, but there are some that that. Um, at different times draw a lot more attention. And if you're not right on those issues and you're one of the few, you're not representing your own party. And it is when the voters go, it's a representation of them saying, yes, what the platform says, what we stand for, we believe in that. So I, I almost, you know, not only does it appear a lot more of the voters and candidates that are prevailing are conservative, they're more of a representation of what the Republican Party says they stand for as a movement, as a an amount because because people have to appreciate the way that certain policy statements get in the platform that go into a list of what the Republican Party says. Here are the things that we stand for. We stand up for life. We stand up for religious liberty. We stand up for border security, whatever. All of those things that are written, they're almost written like state laws into a document called the party platform. The Democrats have one. The Republicans have one. Those policy statements or expressions, those are voted on by hundreds of thousands of Republicans at conventions and at events. They don't just appear and a handful of people say that those are good ideas. There is a huge process that goes along with it. So when you see these candidates prevailing and you see these ballot propositions prevailing, these are just just strengthens what we know that re, uh, Republicans these days are saying they care about. So you touched on the Lisa Luby Ryan, Jason Vialba race. So in that race, you have Jason Vialba, the incumbent, who was one of two Republicans that voted against a religious freedom bill that Governor Abbott signed into law. So I'm going to state that again. Jason Vialba, the incumbent, who ended up losing to the challenger Lisa Luby Ryan. Texas Values Action endorsed Lisa Luby Ryan. And one of the reasons why was because Jason Vialba was an outlier. 
he went essentially against his party, all right, and voted against a bill that protects the conscience rights of faith-based adoption and foster care agencies. These agencies want to operate based on their Christian beliefs, their religious beliefs, their nonprofit, their private, and they do a great job. They make up 25% of the folks and the entities that are involved in uh, child welfare services, pro- providing this service for CPS here in our state. If they're not able to keep their freedom and operate based on their beliefs, children are going to suffer throughout the state of Texas because they're not going to be a part of this system. So there have been threats on this issue in other parts of the country. So Texas passed a law and California passed it, signed into law by Governor Abbott. Some Democrats supported this bill. They did. There was some bipartisan support. And and I think it's important for our listeners to know, uh, if you were paying any attention to the legislature, you saw that CPS reform was uh, a really they talked about it so much because it's so needed in the state of Texas. 25 percent of child welfare providers are faith-based. There were kids that were sleeping in offices, in CPS offices. We need all hands on deck when it comes to this issue. So for for us to say, hey, we're just going to make sure that these faith-based child welfare providers have a seat at the table, like this is critical for our state so that these kids don't have to be put in those positions again. If this bill hadn't have passed and if faith-based child welfare providers weren't protected and weren't able to do the job that they were able to do, then we're losing. We're losing homes for these kids. Where are these kids going to go? Um, so by just all we did was ensure that they had a seat at the table so that they're those who care for these kids, can they can take care of them. That's right. Look, and, and the other uh, concern with Jason Vialba was his close relationship and support from Joe Strauss, the outgoing Speaker of the House, who's been censured by his own Republican Party by two-thirds. Two-thirds of the Senate Republican, of the Republicans that are on the Senate Republican Executive Committee that are a part of the party structure in the state of Texas, they took a vote two or three weeks ago to a vote of, of no confidence, if you will, of a reprimand, if you will, because the speaker, Joe Strauss, has continued to to make expressions of things that go against what Republican voters have said are part of the pa- platform they care about, one of them being the, the Texas Privacy Act. So these were all things uh, going against Jason Villalba, and it wasn't like he was quiet about it. He was pretty public about it. Mm-hmm. He was pretty brash about it is probably, you know, I don't know, maybe a nice way to say it. But, you know, very, I would say, undisciplined in some of his social media behavior. And I think people realized he, you know, he just was not representing his district and the party well. They had a viable alternative, an incredible alternative. You spent some time with Lisa Luby Ryan, Nicole. Tell us about that experience as she now prepares to run in November and take on this Texas House seat from Dallas. Well, Lisa Luby Ryan did a great job of running a really solid campaign. She was giving out her personal cell phone to over a thousand uh, different constituents, if if not more. Um, she she was very engaged, and and one of the things I really liked about Lisa when she was uh, talking to those of us at the at her victory party was she she talked about how she is so energized. Uh, you would think somebody after running a primary campaign would be exhausted, but she is more energized to go and represent uh, those in the House District 114 area. But the other thing I love about Lisa is her faith and that she she was not shy about talking about her faith and even said, you know, I live in total dependence on the Lord in order to get me through this season. But let me tell you, I am so energized uh, because of this. But she 
she's somebody who is committed to standing for family values and and for uh, representing families in the House District 114 area. So it was exciting to be there. Uh, I think she's going to do a great job. But I think it's important, you know, want to pause for a second for people to understand. You want to make sure you're registered to vote. November is coming a lot sooner than we think. There are even some runoffs coming up. Want to make sure that you are registered to vote. I think it was April 23rd, uh, if I recall correctly. Make sure if you've moved, uh, maybe you got to Texas as quick as you could, but you didn't get in 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 time to register, you can register now before April 23rd. Uh, If there are any runoffs, you'll be able to have a say in that. And then certainly we want to make sure we got to get these candidates across the finish line. They have not crossed the finish line yet, though they've gotten through the primaries. We need to make sure we get them in office, but we have to do that in November. Well, speaking of runoffs, uh, there are several um, there are several races that are going to runoff. But before I hit those, just of note, there was also a Senate seat. Bob Hall was the incumbent. Texas Values Action endorsed Bob Hall. Cindy Burkett, who was in the House, challenged him. She, very close to Strauss, um, you know, was not a faith and family champion. Her voting record was about 80 percent and not, you know, not all that vocal on some of the, the faith and family issues that we care about. And so um, she ended up losing. Bob Hall holds on to that seat. Bob Hall was invo- endorsed by Texas Values Action. Very important seat in the Senate. Bob Hall has been about as reliable and as vocal as you could be and authentic on these issues. Angela Paxton prevails over Philip Huffines. Angela Paxton, very well-known, pro-family conservative, ran a tremendous race, has a great message, has a great presence, and, you know, she fits right in to that seat that was vacated by Van Taylor, who's running for Congress. And, you know, the seat that was held before by her husband, Ken Paxson, who's our current attorney general. And uh, let me talk about runoffs, though, before we run out of time. And look, go to txvaluesaction.org to get more information. See our blog post with even more detail about the impact of the elections, the outcome, the privacy issue, more of these races. Um, so a couple of runoff races. We Federal level, we did endorse Ted Cruz. We didn't endorse in the Congressional District 21 race, which touches a little bit on, I think, South Austin, if not Hayes County, Dripping Springs, goes all the way down to San Antonio. You've got Matt McCall and Chip Roy. Chip Roy used to work for the Attorney General Ken Paxson. He also was Chief of Staff for Ted Cruz. And so those are the two candidates going to a runoff. So let me back up for a second. The runoff is May 22nd, and there are several House, and, uh, state and federal seats that are going to a runoff. The deadline to register to vote, if you weren't registered the first time around, you can still vote in the runoff. Even though you didn't vote the uh, this past week on these issues, you can vote in the runoff for the first time. The deadline is April 23rd. Early voting starts May 14th. The main election day is May 22nd for runoffs. So that con- Congressional District 21 race is going to a runoff. Um, let's talk about some of the House seats. Thomas McNutt is going into a runoff for the seat that was vacated by, by Byron Cook. Byron Cook killed the Texas Privacy Act in the House. He refused to move it forward out of his state affairs committee. It would be incredible to see Thomas McNutt take that seat. That was Thomas McNutt being a very strong supporter of the privacy issue of religious freedom, all kinds of great values. That race goes to a runoff not far from here in some of our listening audience. Um, Try to scroll through here. Some other, um, and I'm not sure if some of these other seats are close to our regional listening audience, but you could be listening online. Um, the Stuart Spitzer 
seat, uh, the Stuart, Stuart Spitzer in the seat in the Dallas area being vacated by Lance Gooding is going to a runoff. Jill Wolfskill, which we might catch some of that listening audience in the Washington County area, is the lead vote getter for that seat um, vacated by Leighton Schubert. And um, I'm going to scroll through here. Uh, Brent Lawson is in the North Texas area seat previously held by Larry Phillips. That seat's going to a runoff. And um, I know I'm going to forget one in the Dallas area. Deanna Metzger is going to a runoff in that seat um, that's held by a Democrat. On um, Jonathan Booz, though, won Cindy Burkett's old seat outright. So that is that that race on the Republican side is finalized. And um, there, oh, the, the, um, the one I mentioned earlier, Matt Beebe's race, the seat for Joe Strauss's um, old seat is going to a runoff. We might have a little bit of our listening audience um, on the radio in the San Antonio area close to that race. And in a couple of races, oh, another big race. I'm sorry, this is a big race in this area, the third court of appeals race. Texas Values Action endorsed Mike Toth, who is who was the lead vote getter, but that race is going to a runoff um, and um, with two people moving forward. Mike Toth is um, works for the attorney, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. We've spent some time with him. We've endorsed him. And so, but that, that race, um, I think, has uh, 24 counties around this area that are part of the, the state court of appeals, but a very important race on that seat. And Texas Values Action is, has endorsed Mike Toth. That will be a part of the runoff elections. You know, Nicole, we're about to run out of time. Two things I want to let you chime in on. I mean, all these issues are important. Go to txvaluesaction.org. Stay engaged with us. Support us financially. I had a very interesting personal week, okay? My son won first place in the science fair. Congratulations. And the the science fair was the morning of the election. (laughs) And um, baseball season, Nicole, but whatever. You had a couple of interesting things happen that you were involved in personally. And we got about 45 seconds Tell us about <laughs> Last of all, I got to go to Israel with the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, and they have a national conference in Washington, D.C. I was able to go, I, and to get on this trip, it's it's a very elite group, so to be on the trip was, was a huge honor, but what was what was also an honor was they presented our group in front of 18,000 uh, people supporting the state of Israel, and as a Christian leader, uh, we were a group of Christian leaders supporting Israel. Certainly our faith is grounded there, but supporting modern-day Israel, that that U.S.-Israel relationship um, is just so beneficial, but it's also a blessing uh, as an American to support the state of Israel. The And what, the, did, and what did Nikki Haley say when she was there? Yeah, <laughs> Nikki Haley was there. Uh, somebody said Nikki Haley could be a Texan. She's a strong woman. And she said, I will always respect, uh, I will always be respectful, but I will never shut up. And so I'm going to have that monogram to put it in my office. (laughs) And well said to round off a week with International Women's Day. Hey, look, that's it for this show for this week with Texas Values Action and the Texas Values Report. Listen to us next week on Saturday at noon where you can hear more about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.